is Tim Black inside the streets is cold. Free to love to each his own. Free from bills, free from pills. You wrote the loud speakers blow. Like it hard, you ease your soul and cleanse your mind. Learn to fly to reach the stars. You take the time to look behind and say, Look where I came. Look how far I done came. You say the dream. What's up, you guys? Welcome to Tim Talks. I'm your host, Daniel Brooks, owner and creator of Good Counsel LLC, where we're here to make healing possible by connecting you to mental health professionals who can help you with whatever your mental health needs may be. Tonight, we have not one, but two amazing guests, Charlene and Megan, executive and clinical directors of Mainstream Mental Health Services here in Roanoke, Virginia. Charlene is a licensed clinical social worker with a wealth of experience in the community-based services. Megan is a licensed professional counselor who has years of experience working with numerous individuals with a focus in trauma. Both Megan and Charlene are trained in EMDR and EMR, which is eye movement reprocessing techniques. I don't know. Let's find out more from them tonight. Welcome, Megan and Charlene. Hey. How you doing? We're excited to be here. Good, good, good. I'm excited to have you guys. How are you guys holding up? I'm in the middle of everything that's kind of going on. We've, we've had adjustments. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Daniel, you know I'm an extrovert, so I am not living the dream. And I can imagine you feed off the energy, people's energy, so I can imagine. Well, I'm really excited to have you guys on tonight. You know, I, I know you guys have so much to share, and I'm excited to kind of get that information out to everybody. So let's get started. Tell us, tell us about you guys. Let's start there. Just tell us a little bit about you know who you are and and all of that great stuff. Sure. So I am um, Megan Haywood. I'm a, a LPC, like Daniel said. Um, I'm the youngest of five. Uh, I have uh, one daughter and um, a stepson, husband, uh, you know, do, doing the, all the different roles. Yeah, um, yeah. So trying to balance it all. Um, I love yeah. sports and athletics and all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, like I said, extroverted on the Enneagram. I'm a seven. Oh, check it out. Enneagram. Oh, wow. That's not for tonight, but another day. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. How about you, Charlene? Uh, well, I am a licensed clinical social worker, as you already mentioned. Um, I'm the executive director here at Mainstream. I have three three boys, um, so three strikes, I'm out. Um, <laughs> I am married. I've been married for, goodness, about 12 years now, 13 years. He might remind me. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've been at Mainstream for about two and a half years. I first started as a clinical director here, and it was under um, the management of someone I really still hold very dear to myself. Um, we're still in contact, and I learned a lot from her. So, uh, so now I'm just kind of being the executive director at this yeah. point. Yeah. Just a little insight to those watching. I've worked, had the pleasure of both working with Charlene and Megan in different capacities. I didn't know they were going to eventually work together one day. So I worked with them separately <laughs> and ended up, uh, and now we got them both on the show. So I really appreciate you guys coming on, hanging out with us tonight. So, um, you know, one, one of the staples and one of the reasons for, for the show is just kind of to, you know, bring awareness to, to mental health and to the importance of it. So, you know, one thing we want to know is how did each of you kind of get started in the mental health field and what has made you remain in it? 
Hmm. Okay. Well, actually, I don't even know if you know this, but um, I first wanted to be a lawyer. Um, and that was very short lived because uh, honestly, I, I, I can't see myself defending someone that I know without a doubt is guilty. So, um, so it changed course and uh, wanted to be able to help help people um, advocate for those that are vulnerable, the vulnerable population, um, those with a serious mental illness. Um, went into outpatient counseling. Mm -hmm. um, I actually have about 10 and a half uh, years of experience um, working in just the mental health field alone. Um, I've done day treatment, um, worked with the ID and DD population, very passionate about that. Um, and I've also have been a um, social worker at a Catawba hospital. Wow. So, yeah. I'll see you night, you know, we're the, I'm not even going to go there. Never mind. <laughs> That's <laughs> another tangent. <laughs> What's up, Maggie? Kind of blue. Um, what has kind of brought you to the mental health field and kind of kept you here? Sure. So I actually was pre-med at the University of Florida and had um, pretty big plans for that and took some girls to a camp and realized that six out of the 10 girls had some pretty serious trauma and some things going on. And the speaker at the camp was actually an LPC. So uh, I kind of, we started talking and um, he really just guided me. And so my junior year in college, um, I took a whole new way. Wow. Um, yeah, and to, to, to LPC. Yeah, yeah, wow. I went all the way from Florida, University of Florida to Ashland, Ohio. And then a lawyer to a LCSW. <laughs> Wanted to be a lawyer. <laughs> wow, that, that, that that's really cool. Um, so so you you know you guys can kind of see that the mental health field, as I always say, is more of a calling. It's, it's more than a profession. It's something that tugs at us that that makes us um, you know want to help and want to be a, a, part, a part of people's you know, impact people's lives and be a part of, you know, their journeys. Um, so, so, you know, you guys work for Mainstream Mental Health Services here in Roanoke, Virginia. Um, tell us a little bit of, of, about Mainstream and how you guys kind of, you know, do things over at Mainstream. Sure. Um, so again, like I said, I've been here for about two and a half years, will be three years in October. Started out as a clinical director, but Mainstream has been open for about seven years. It started out providing mental health skill building services. Um, and then, of course, we opened up PSR, which is um, referred to as our lighthouse. And PSR is a psychosocial rehabilitation program. We opened that up back in February 2019. And, um, and then this past December, we opened up two additional programs which is our crisis stabilization and our outpatient psychotherapy. And both of those are referred to as Bridges to Hope. With uh, mental health skill building, it's a one-to-one -one service. It's where we have our um, QMHP or our qualified mental health professionals go out and provide skills training, whether it's money management or um, certain coping skills to avoid isolation or to um, potential hospitalization, um, working out in the actual community or in the home with these individuals. Um, it could be taking them to appointments, helping them um, manage their medication, speaking with the doctors, really helping them advocate for themselves. Okay. And then our PSR is more, um, obviously it's a, a center-based program, but it's more in a group-like setting where we're working on anger management and social skills and being out in the, com uh, in the community, but also being comfortable with yourself um, while doing so. 
And then our crisis stabilization, um, goodness, that, that's been, uh, well, this past December, so, and we've been really um, going strong with that. Um, we provide services for both children and adults. Um, so we have, you know, uh, obviously they're separated, but um, we get referral sources from the school, um, from hospitals, uh, case managers, um, various providers, and we really provide uh, a more intensive level of care. Um, it's, it's that step down from potential hospitalization. It's the least restrictive. Um, it's where, you know, if someone was assessed, if they honestly could maintain safety um, without going into the hospital, we would be that program um, to consider. Um, added in not only working with adults, but now adding in children with the crisis stabilization. So I can imagine a day in you guys' life or a day in your shoes can be, you know, a lot can kind of happen in a given day with all the things you got, all the people and all the populations you all support. Um, that, that's really, you know, j just amazing. Uh, and with, you know, the crisis stabilization, um, what, how, like, what does that, what does that look like? You said that, that the referrals are from schools and things of that nature? It can be. Um, it definitely can be from the different schools, middle school, elementary, you know, up to high school. Um, and then also for those that might be receiving day treatment services in the schools, those counselors might reach out to us. Could be the principals, could be the teachers themselves. Uh, what what prompts that, that was the question what prompts crisis stabilization over what would you know have been maybe intensive in-home services what kind of prompts the, those differences you know daniel that's all about the exacerbation of symptoms okay mm -hmm. so so basically just like charlene said about being a step down from the hospital it, it, we're trying to catch and we're trying to work with the hospital with this way. So if, if they are admitted to a hospital, they would then, you know, that they could be referred that way. But our goal would be that they would not get to that place. So for, um, sometimes they're suicidal, or sometimes they're homicidal, but their symptoms would have to indicate that they've increased to the point that they cannot be stabilized with just intensive in-home or just therapeutic day treatment. Um, and and it, it can look like, you know, a kid was punching walls and now they're punching their parents, right? Mm -hmm. So it can it can look like it, just an increase in symptoms that, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. You know, speaking, speaking my language, you know, right, right now, because, you know, that's, that's the primary world I kind of came from, just community-based services and kind of, uh, doing that type of work with you know individuals how and, and then also on the flip side you guys work with adults what constitutes an, an adult you know being able to you know get involved with you all services what type of symptoms or so, so it's be the same idea with like the self-refer like they could be self-referred they can self mm -hmm. you know obviously um but for them like what you would specifically see uh could be it could be anything from, again, the suicidal ideation, but let's say um, that's a baseline. Let's say that, that, that they have maybe bipolar. And so they think about suicide every day, but instead of thinking about it, now they have a plan and it's now they're maybe they're staying in their bed um, 10 hours a day um, besides sleeping. So, you know, like during the day. Yeah. So um, it's just, it's an increase in symptoms. So it's the same. I mean, it's, 
it's different. Obviously, anger looks different in a kid, you know, um, depression looks different in an adult. But there's a lot of similarities when it comes to criteria about coming into crisis stabilization. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's that. I just want to thank you guys just for the services you do provide because, you know, that level of crisis and need of support is is hard to work with, but so needed for for so many of our individuals and, and our kids, you know, out in the community. So let's switch gears a little bit. It's still kind of on the same lines, but um, Megan and Charlene, both of you all are, you know, trained in EMDR. Yes. Tell me about it. I, I the just, magic. That's it. The magic, right? Show you the magic of EMDR. <laughs> so, um, you know, I'm gonna show you a couple books that I'm a big mm -hmm. fan of because mm -hmm. I'm a dork, which is would be this one right here. Um, eye movement desensitization and reprocessing basic principles, uh, protocols and procedures. Um, I'm gonna butcher this woman's name, but she's amazing, Francine Shapiro. Mm -hmm. um, she has it's a really cool story how she even came up with EMDR she was processing some things while she was walking and she was realizing that there's something to this there is something to this bilateral stimulation and healing and because I am a dork pre-med right love the brain um, and the way it heals so it was introduced to me um, and it, I, I feel like it's magic. Um, obviously it's not, but it was, um, you know, initially developed, they say 1987, but I want to read some specific things because right from the book, because they say it best. Um, they talk about dual attention stimulation is merely one component, component integrated with procedural aspects synthesized from all the major psychological orientations. I couldn't have come up with that, right? Yeah. That's a Also, the comprehensive approach and careful attention is given to images, beliefs, emotion, physical responses, increased awareness, and interpersonal systems in achieving EMDR effects. Um, so, to, to do EMDR, you have to be trained in it. Mm -hmm. It is not a YouTube video. No. Let me just say that, okay? Um, Don't do that. Because you could do a lot of damage. Wow. Uh, it's something that a licensed person to be trained in it, you can, as an LE, uh, license eligible, you can go through the training. Um, and we'll probably talk about that a little bit later, but um, there's eight phases in it, in EMDR. Uh, and it it's literally stimulating both sides of your brain. So I want to kind of introduce another book real quick, yeah. which is the body keeps the score. Um, no, I don't get any kickback from this, but there's <laughs> two books that are fabulous. If um, just to understand trauma and healing and body memory and body sensations and um, recognizing that, I mean, it's just a miracle the way we're made. Yeah. Uh, so to un to unlock some of the things, when I was trained, so one of the things they talk about with EMDR is it's that it's really easy to do once you're trained in it um, because you literally follow the book. So you say, they want you to say exactly what they have written. Um, and it's because the wording and the way that we're triggered um, has been so scientifically figured out that I couldn't do it better, 
right? Yeah. So um, when I start therapy with someone and I'm talking about the EMDR, I say, uh, and I'm, I'm, there's also different, um, with the EMDR, there's three different schools and I'm trained through Andrea. Mm -hmm. um, so it's just an important little fact. Um, one of the, in the first stage you say, often when something traumatic happens, it seems to get locked in the nervous system with the original pictures, sounds, thoughts, feelings, and so on. Yeah. Since the experience is locked, it continues to be triggered whenever a reminder comes up. It can be the basis for a lot of discomfort and continues a lot of negative emotions, emotions such as fear, helplessness, that we cannot seem to control. These are really the emotions connected with the old experiences that are being triggered. The eye movements we use in EMDR therapy seems to unlock the nervous system and allow your brain to process the experience. It is similar to what is thought to happen in REM or dream sleep. The bilateral stimulation and eye movements may be involved in processing the unconscious, unconscious material. The important thing to remember is that it is your own brain that will be doing the healing and that you are in control. And so it's like this amazing empowering moment where our clients are like, Wait, so my brain can heal itself. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And I am just a vessel of healing. I'm just walking alongside you assisting here and there and you know paying attention to some specific things and asking questions that are already a part of the pro protocol yeah. um, and i have seen i think the thing that amazes me the most with the research is how quickly people heal so where as trauma therapists we so i was a certified trauma therapist in ohio and now i did this other it's like Clinic, certified clinical trauma professional thing now, um, whatever, all these stupid letters. Anyways, what matters is that um, I'm trained in trauma. Yeah. And, and we, we thought that we had to spend years and could someone really ever heal? And what EMDR says is yes, yes, there is hope. People do not have to continue living in flashbacks. They, you know, what took maybe four years of therapy is like can take two. Um, if you can get to people when the trauma first happens, uh, there can there is I mean just the change that can occur. Um, they say within the first three weeks. So, two, wow. so I mean it's just like the brain doesn't lock it there. So if you can get it, if you can get things, if you can get people before the the trauma is locked in their brain, it, it's not it doesn't go to their um, subconscious. It stays that we can get it out. Wow. Wow. So it, it changes therapy totally. So, so I think you touched on it. You know, you said with eye movement. So, not I know you can't really go through a session over. You know, while, while we're here, I don't know. <laughs> but it, it focuses on the eyes and the eye, the movement of the eyes. Correct. Okay. So, with kind the of ultimate goal of. Okay. So, kind of. Okay. Here's a caveat, right? Okay. So what happens if a person's blind? or what happens if a person, um, if that's not working for them. There's something you can use, there's a number of things. There's a, a light screen, light bar. light bar that goes from side to side. You can have buzzers that people hold. Um, you can do the, it's not hypnosis, but you can do the eye movement stimulation. You can do some tapping. 
Um, so there's a lot of different ways. And I have been in sessions with people where we started one way mm -hmm. and then we had to switch. And I was going to say too, it really depends on the individual and what their comfort level mm -hmm. is. Um, you know, when I did my training in it, it was better for me to do the tapping. Um, I wear contacts. So of course, you know, your eyes going back and forth, it's going to dry out very quickly. So the tapping felt better for me. Mm -hmm. yeah. and all of that with the ultimate goal of disconnecting someone from their trauma or how would you word that? What, what's the, um, what are the benefits of, I guess, the tapping or the lights to someone's trauma? Um, this is not, I'm not going to, I'm going to use my words, not yeah, necessarily. Yeah, yeah, I would say it's that, so that it's not that the memory goes away. Okay. It's not that what happened is negated, but what's changed is the power it had over the person. Wow. So all of those distorted beliefs they had about themselves because of whatever, you know, I'm not good enough. I'm, I, I need to take care of ever. I mean, there's, I've got a laundry list of that they actually give you. It's kind of nice too. Um, but you know, that are specific to, and they're tied to that trauma that it's like a keystone. They talk about a keystone memory and that all these other, oh, sorry, all these other memories are connected. Yeah. So recognizing that we think like, so before in trauma therapy, I, it was hard for me to figure out which, Although I knew from a like neurological sense that there might be one specific memory that had a lot of power. Okay. It was very difficult for me to figure that out. But what EMDR does is help unlocks, unlocks it. And then all the memories are like dumped all of those because it's not just one trauma, right? It's like yeah. all the trauma that was, you don't even know how they're connected. And sometimes I'm amazed at what comes up with the client because I'm like, well, I don't know if that was really as bad as the other thing, you know, that other thing is what I would have thought would have been it, but it's not because of maybe where they were developmentally, uh, right? Uh, you know, yeah. so and maybe who was involved or the different players. So it really gives you insight into um, supporting and assisting your client get their power back. So you know what? I am not a victim. I'm a survivor. And because of that, I, yes, this happened, but I will no longer believe the lies that are told to me based oh, on that. I love it. I love it. That, that's exactly, you know, the goal is that we want people to get free from whatever may be holding them back from living the lives that they, they deserve. And you you spoke a little bit on, on trauma. Are, are, is all trauma created equal? Is there different styles or different things that EMDR can help with that's related to trauma? Yeah, so that um, so I'm going to answer that question from my perspective. Please, please. First. Um, you know, I think we've spent a lot of time. Um, I think it's an important thing that as professionals and then also as survivors, as people, you know, whatever in general, that we recognize that we can't um, rate trauma mm -hmm. at all. Wow. And where at one point in time we would say, well, this person, this happened. Well, you know what? How they, so the body keeps the score. This book right here. He, he talks a lot about that. He talks about how if someone can actually process through a trauma, even though it might be horrific, they don't keep it. 
They don't hold on to it. Whereas if someone else, because of their personality, because of what's going on um, in the world at the time, they hold on to it deep. So I think we have to stop or just be aware that the school of thought where we could, you know, kind of consider things or rate things is no longer, um, you know, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross and, and the stages of grief and, and loss. It's not that they're not great. They, she was awesome, but we got to recognize that that's not how it works. It doesn't work in a five, you know, it's okay. And then you go here and then you go here and then you're healed. Um, it's, it just depends on the moment for each person um, and what they're experiencing and the healing process. Uh, for EMDR, um, I am stunned at the populations and the things that um, it works with. So uh, from anything from self-esteem mm -hmm. to post-traumatic stress disorder, mm -hmm. from a, a military um, veteran to a, um, you know, rape victim. Mm -hmm. From someone who just is grieving the loss of a parent to someone who, you know, who got into a car accident. There isn't anything that, in my opinion, my opinion, EMDR can't help with. I think it can help with anxiety. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. getting in the car after yeah. an accident. Yeah. I mean, public it, speaking. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's just, and I, I joke, and I joked a lot with the trainers um, because it does feel a little bit like magic because <laughs> it, it does. Because you're walking through, and for someone who, so I was licensed in 06 in Ohio. And so I know it makes me older than Charlene. Don't do the math. Um, but so I've been doing this for a long time. And so watching people not have to be re-traumatized to heal, wow. that is life-changing. And for us, for Charlene and I, and for the mainstream family, what we are about is, is healing and discharging. I don't, I don't mean that to sound negative. I just mean, we don't need, we don't want clients to stay members, individuals to stay stuck. We want them to move on and heal and live their best life. So that means using things like EMDR mm -hmm. and like, you know, similar to what Charlene was saying for our mental health skill building, that they're actually learning skills. Mm -hmm. Wow. wow. Um, that they're actually that the focus is for them to discharge and, and we don't call it discharge, we call it graduation. Yeah. Graduation, I love it. We don't it. want a revolving door. That's yeah. not there's too many people hurting out yeah. there. So. Yeah, because because far too often, and I say this um, a lot, um, we've noticed that you know people struggle with things and they normalize the the traumas they go through because you know we as people uh, for the most part we're very resilient and we can kind of make it through things and a lot of the times we um think you know the only time when we can't deal with is when we should go to seek treatment or seek help and i want to just you know just tear down that stigma or that thought uh, 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 around mental health treatment and, and kind of say that, you know, that's work through it. You know, you exactly. don't have to work through it. Yeah. You know, I was going to say too, you really got to take into account that the whole fight, flight or freeze, you know, mm -hmm. um, when it comes to trauma, 
two individuals can be in the exact same situation and experience their trauma completely different from the other person. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, like just so again, what Charlie was saying, so we can, we can have flight, you're going to run, you're going to fight, you're going to freeze. And what we've realized within the last decade really strongly in the trauma community is treating trauma community um, is, is that piece is that so many people are actually just frozen. Mm -hmm. They're reliving it. They're stuck. Um, And they didn't have an option to fight or (laughs) to flee, you know? No, you're absolutely right. No, I I love it. Let's, let's stop. We got a few questions popping up um, over on Facebook. We have fairly long question from Miss Lisa Marie. Um, she says, this might be a really broad question, but do you have thoughts around how we as a community, as community members, can work preventatively rather than reactively to helping our youth with mental health needs? Preach, Lisa. <laughs> Preach it. Yeah, so actually we um, just are now um, have signed a contract with Salem City Schools, and we are working with some other potentials, but officially with Salem City Schools. Um, and on that whole piece. Mm-hmm. So uh, Randy, Dr. Randy Jennings is fabulous and he is focused on, you know, what groups can we do? How can we um, partner and collaborate so that um, we are looking at how do we be proactive um, and how do we teach our youth how to be, um, I don't really love the word resilient because I, I, I'll just use it though, because it's a good one. Um, but reckon resilient in a way that's healthy. Yeah, most definitely. Healthy resilience. Not just moving forward, but but kind of dealing with it. Not like a you, whatever, just take yeah, it. Just deal with it. Uh-huh. No, but in a way, like how can we look at that? So as a that question with how can the community support the youth? Um, I love things like mentoring. Mm-hmm. I love things where we're supporting and thinking outside of the box. Um, and I know for us at Mainstream, we're figuring out ways to collaborate to, to bridge gaps um, mm-hmm. that are in the community. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's a lot to take on, especially with this COVID, okay? Yeah. And, and we're starting to see it. We're starting to see the rise really happening with um, suicide attempts. Um, and yeah. I think with our individuals that we have in our services right now, every everyone that comes in initially already automatically have a safety plan and the reason for that is you don't want to build a safety plan when you're in crisis crisis, you don't want to discuss who who your you know what your coping skills are when you're here wanting to hurt yourself Mm -hmm. Uh, so we do that very early on and that's a preventative measure rather than the reaction reactive measure i love it i love it lisa also said uh, she loved your books you listed. <laughs> Thank you guys for, for tuning in. We have a, a, a few more. We have Vice Mayor uh, Joe Cobb. He's in just saying hello. We have Miss uh, Mama Donna who's who's hanging out with us this evening. Um, Thank you. A few more people who's checking in with us. Miss um, Johnny Matthews. Uh, Davis hanging out with us tonight. So I really appreciate you guys tuning in. So uh, we'll get back, you know, to, to, to our you know next questions is um, what would you tell someone who was interested in you all services? Like if they wanted to get, you know, um, involved, uh, um, or let me back up. They wanted to get trained in EMDR. How about that? How would someone get trained? I love that question. Okay. So, 
I will tell you, so if you, so to, again, to be trained, you need to be license eligible or licensed. Mm -hmm. um, I am going to go ahead and endorse my people because I love them. They're fabulous. They come from um, Virginia Beach. And it's, I'm going to mess up her name too, um, Heather Boynton. She's, a, oh, they're both LS, LCSWs. There you go. We're the best. Hi, <laughs> I'm Kenslow. Um, they are both consultants. And so I was actually planning on them coming in March and the COVID thing happened and a lot of different pieces, but we need to have a, about 12 to 15 people um, register um, and they can do that. How is the, with, by emailing me from, um, so my email, can you get that? M. It's M. Haywood at Mainstream MMH Services. M. Haywood at MMH Services. Yeah. Not the Mainstream, don't. Yeah, sorry, sorry. M. Haywood, H-A-Y-W-O-O-D at MMH Services. Sorry. Not my last name. No, no. Email me and let me know if you're interested. Um, they have done a reduced rate and will also allow for um, the consulting because you have to have altogether 10 hours of consulting. You have to have two basically all weekend trainings. Mm -hmm. um, it's pretty intensive, yeah. but it brings the cost down a okay. lot. They, they're really affordable. As a group. And what's the benefits of being trained in EMDR? Uh, you as a therapist will love your life. <laughs> I love it. Um, you have your own healing. You have, I mean, your own healing during the training, yeah. which is great. Yeah. You gotta work on yourself. Yeah. Um, heal thyself, counselor. Um, but also, I think as a, for me, oh, it's so life giving, and it's you're seeing the healing happen in ways that's you're not. It's not. It's natural. It's not. Mm. You know, so I've used sand tray, I've used art and therapy, I've used play and therapy. I love them all and I will mix it up. But there is something about EMDR that touches, it's touching the brain in a way with that bilateral stimulation that just happens quicker. And so I think it also connects a more range of individuals. Mm -hmm. I mean, for those that are not into the whole talk therapy. Yes. This is not it. No. This is not talk therapy. It's not talk therapy. Because one thing with good counsel and with Tim Talks, we want to shine light on the different ways people can receive healing, you know, who may not, you know, who may have that um, old belief of what can they help me with? I don't want to talk to anybody. I can talk to my friends. I, I don't want to lay on a couch. So that's what the whole purpose of this entire series is, is giving everyone a little taste and a little dose of different types of therapy that they could benefit from that may not be what they've seen on TV or what somebody's told them about in the past. And that's I think why they've done so much um, research with veterans, mm -hmm. because so a stereotypical population that doesn't want to do talk therapy um, and the healing. And I mean, with I mean, also police officers, I mean, there have been just some amazing work that's been well, done even right now. I mean, with COVID-19, I mean, those first responders, this would be very, very beneficial. Mm -hmm. Maybe not much the EMDR, but the EMR part. Yeah. I love it. I love it. That's really, that's really amazing. So I guess, um, so now, Shifting back, how would someone get connected to you all services um, if they wanted to partake in your you know, treatment or also if they had knew someone who wanted to partake in your services? 
So if there's an individual that's interested, we want to make sure first and foremost that they know that we're not the only agency that provides these type of services. They definitely have to have provider choice. Mm-hmm. Um, and after that has been made, um, they can definitely do a self-referral. Their case manager could um, reach out to us. We have a website. Um, I don't know if you're able to put that up, but um, that is Mainstream MH. Oh, oh. you already have it. Yeah, oh. that one. Megan threw me a curveball with her email. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I had a curveball with it. <laughs> yeah, so, or they can contact our office um, and I can give you the number, or I don't know if you have that one. No, I don't, don't got that one. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, and so that's 966-5808. And mm-hmm. we take referrals uh, by phone. Um, as far as our crisis services, um, we have an on-call line. Um, you might have to provide that because I don't have that by heart. Um, but anyone can reach out to that number if they're mm-hmm. in need of services. For individuals that feel like they could benefit from our services, but they don't meet that qualification or that criteria, or you know maybe they feel like it's our services that's needed, um, yet there might be a different level of care that's needed. We will help them um, yeah, assist them in right connecting to that resource. Yeah. Right. Well, that's, that's really awesome. And um, let's see here. So we we had someone else. Uh, let's see. We had. And that it said, you know, you guys are moving towards, you know, offering EMDR services. I think that's the reason why you guys are looking to right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you're doing it right now. Yes. That that's what I thought. So and so and they're doing it right now. So all the contact information that that, that we just posted um, with the website and also with the phone number, go check them out. Um, and they'll, you know, be able to get you guys connected with uh, whatever service you are looking for. Um, so, you know, in, with these last few questions, kind, kind of just talking about uh, some of the main things within the mental health field that we really want to tackle. So um, this is a question for both of you all. If you could change anything about the mental health field, what would it be and why? Oh, goodness. Um, it's loaded. Daniel's loaded. Yeah, yeah. Open in the question. That's what I do. Honestly, I, I really feel like, I mean, I think we both have talked about this before. Um, since Megan came on, we both have the same goal in mind. We really want to bridge those gaps and services. Um, there's, there's so much of, um, you know, agencies and providers out there, you know, doing the same thing. And it shouldn't be. Right. Competitive nature. Um, It should be, you know, how can we all come together? How can we be this cohesion, you know, collaborate with one another to because we're all in it together. We all have the same goals. Um, I know we work with um, a great team of employees. Um, They are truly wonderful. Um, And, you know, they're they go out, they're out in the field or right now telehealth. I mean, it, it really depends on if the person has that emergent need or not. But I say that because um, they're in it. They're in it to 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 reach reach the individual that they're working with. I'm gonna ask you, you know, a different follow up question to that one. Um, and this is just kind of um, to kind of close us out. And Charlene, you can chime in on this one also. But Megan, what is your hope for the future of your practice of whether it's EMDR or community based services? Sure. Sure. So um, I, I think I probably should have said it in the beginning, but I came to mainstream uh, October 21st, 2019, six months ago. 
Um, I came with a lot of hopes and dreams. And uh, Charlene sat with me at the Chick-fil-A and was like, I think we can do it. I feel good about it. Yeah. Uh, we have joked that she is um, the architect and I am the dreamer. And so together, um, I can't, <laughs> yeah, a lot. So I have a lot of hopes. Um, and when, they didn't, so when I came, they weren't serving children and, and uh, adolescents, right? So I was not only asking them to start programming that was new, I was asking them to start it with an entirely new population. Wow. And so uh, single-handedly, Charlene has helped, <laughs> as really spearheaded, um, watching those dreams come true. I, I, um, my dreams go from wanting, I'm just going to say it. I, I want some residential crisis program. I, I, I'm tired of kids being shipped to Halifax, um, to Richmond and their families not being able to afford to drive there to see them. It's not okay. I mean, I'm, I'm having goosebumps right now. Just thinking about it. I'm tired of principals dealing and teachers dealing with things that, um, and their hands are tied. Um, and so we're looking at not only, uh, program diversity, but funding diversity. Mm -hmm. So what grants are possible? What, um, collaborations with schools, what's there that we can do um, so that we can reach not only the kids that are on Medicaid, but the kids that aren't. Mm -hmm. And and how can we um, collaborate with people that are doing it really well? I mean, honestly, we, all, we were talking about right. doing substance abuse stuff. Mm -hmm. And then we identified some really amazing providers um, and and I'm just give a shout out to Pinnacle. Um, there, you, Chris is out there. Ryan, your guys are all amazing. Um, and they're just doing really good stuff. And I'm like, okay, you're doing good stuff. I don't want to do it. You do it. Let's collaborate. Right. Yeah. So um, I think, but yeah, I, I want to be um, where the gaps are, and there's a whole lot of them. So. Well, that, I, I, I love it. That that, that and, and it's. That's the reason I know that we we've connected and, and, and you know I thought of you guys when you know all of this Tim talks and good because that's good counsel's focus is that you know I noticed the gaps I noticed you know the, the need for not only the education side but for all of us to kind of work work together to make healing possible for everyone so I love what you all are do doing and we're all about innovation. We want to see the future of mental health change. We want to see the taboo gone. We want to see yeah. you know, the barriers to treatment gone. We, we, we want you know every person to have connections to a therapist or some type of mental health services, just like you would your dentist or just like you would your, right. your, 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 your primary care doctor. That's so it. The keeps the score. Your mental like, health is just as important as your physical health. It affects health. each yeah. other. I, yeah. love it. I love it. I love it. Well, I really appreciate you guys. Any closing remarks? We appreciate you, Daniel. We find it to be an honor to be a part of what you're doing um, and also are excited about the future and our collaborations. Definitely. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, I really appreciate you guys. Thank you guys so much. Um, and I will be talking soon. Thank you. All right. Thank you. So thank you, guys. Um, I want to end, you know, tonight just by saying as the sun is kind of coming down behind me. I know I got lines all on my face. So I really appreciate you all tuning in this evening to talk about, you know, EMDR trauma 
and community-based services and how you all can be connected. I want to say an early happy Mother's Day to all the mothers, um, to to all the individuals who may not have their mothers. You know, just know that you have an angel who's watching over you. Um, even if she's not here physically, she's always with you. Um, and congratulations to all the upcoming college graduates who would have been officially graduating this upcoming few weekends, but you can't do it due to COVID-19, but you're still a graduate. And lastly, we want to send prayers of peace and justice to the family of Ahmad Aubrey. His birthday would have been tomorrow. Um, I call myself, a, I like to call myself a jogger or a runner, um, you know, through neighborhoods, especially during this um, current lockdown. And this situation really hit home. Um, I definitely um, praying for the family. And, you know, on tomorrow, let's jog for Ahmad, May 8th. Um, let's pay our respects to him, uh, his family, um, his memory, and the unfortunate soul gone too soon. Thank you guys for tuning in. This was Tim Talks, Daniel Brooks, your host, making healing possible. Have a good night. Peace.